0: Hello and a very warm welcome to this bonus episode of the EMG Health Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Sakia, and as a disclosure, this episode is sponsored by an educational grant from GE Healthcare, in which the views and discussion might not represent the position or endorsement of GE Healthcare or EMG Health. For this episode, we'll be exploring the use of ultrasound in rheumatology, delving into the latest evidence supporting the use of ultrasound for diagnosis. The disease we'll be focusing on is rheumatoid arthritis. A fair amount of controversy exists surrounding the best methods for the early diagnosis of the condition, so we'll be exploring the challenges that the lack of images currently pose and how ultrasound could address that. Another condition we'll explore in relation to ultrasound is psoriatic arthritis. And here to help me dive into this subject is a specialist in the subject of rheumatology all the way from Barcelona in Catalonia in Spain. I'm joined by Professor Ingrid Moller, who's a professor, a director and consultant in rheumatology and musculoskeletal sonography. Ingrid told me that her uh, ultrasound is her hobby. She loves doing her job. However, she's also been an avid runner. She plays the piano and she comes from a very cultured family, in fact, her great uncle was the famous cellist Pablo Casal. So, Professor Ingrid Moller, welcome to the podcast. Hello. How are you? Thank you very much. We're delighted to have you here. So, let's begin, Ingrid, by looking at rheumatoid arthritis. What, what can you tell us about the evidence for using ultrasound to diagnose this condition?
1: Okay, well, the, the use of ultrasound with clinical assessment we always use as a complementary tool can be more effective than the clinical assessment alone at identifying synovitis and synovitis is the main feature of patients with uh, rheumatoid arthritis and thereby diagnosing rheumatoid arthritis so when we have a patient with arthralgia, patient with pain in, uh, in their joint, we can see with ultrasound if this patient has or not synovitis, something that clinically can be much more difficult to identify. In that way, ultrasound helps Healthcare professional to be more confident about ruling out a diagnosis of rheumatoid arthritis. And uh, this diagnosis using ultrasound meets fewer people with rheumatoid arthritis than the diagnosis without ultrasound because we have the, the ability, we have the potential of detecting subclinical synovitis. That uh, may otherwise have been overlooked. So it's a very important tool in the early diagnosis and in the differential diagnosis of rheumatoid arthritis.
0: I'm just imagining the scenario, and you know, I'm just a simple surgeon, but I have friends and you know people who say, I've got a, you know, I'm I wake up and my fingers are sore. What what should I do about it? My joints are a bit sore. And you know, you think of the, the, and we'll we'll dig down into the methodologies for diagnosing this condition. You know, the, sometimes people will get sent off for an x-ray, which is probably not much use. So the lack of images that we currently have without ultrasound, ultrasound can fill a gap, right? And obviously, you need to be specially trained. I got trained in how to do ultrasound by a wonderful uh, physician in Washington, DC, so I could use it intraoperatively. Tell us a little about the training to use ultrasound and the role that it plays in the diagnostic uh, process?
1: Okay, yes, we need training. And uh, I will say that we need uh, progressive learning of ultrasound in musculoskeletal ultrasound that lasts for a while. But uh, you can see the young people, uh, they, they really learn very quickly. And what is the role of ultrasound in our process well we have clinics that obviously this is a very important part we have biomarkers that uh, we have labs to help in the diagnostic of rheumatoid arthritis but uh, what uh, you have with ultrasound is a kind of definite uh, clinical assessment you can you can see clearly that this patient has synovitis you can evaluate the amount of synovitis that he has or she has or you can evaluate the activity of this synovitis so uh, we need to educate our young people and uh, for me this education is should be born in the university and then complemented by activities uh, managed for uh, scientific societies that have been doing a fantastic work and uh, very effective efforts on uh, on this issue. But uh, I think that uh, we need to train our people from the medical school, and this is what we are doing at the University of Barcelona in that moment.
0: So you're actually training medical students how to use ultrasound? Sure. Wow. Made it part of the, the curriculum whilst they're doing their own. Do you do it contemporaneous with learning anatomy or...? Yeah. Yeah.
1: This is with learning anatomy. So the way is quite easy for them because they are, they are looking for the specimen. Then they can do the ultrasound each other and uh, obviously... What we need, we need more tools. If you tell me, oh, do, do you have uh, one ultrasound machine per student? No, not at all. We wish to have in the future. But that is that is really interesting way for them to learn two different things at the same time. And they learn without knowing that they are learning ultrasound.
0: Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And like I say, I learned to do intraoperative ultrasound and I can actually see, okay, here, here's the uh, extrahepatic biliary tree and I can see what it looks like on ultrasound. I can go, oh yeah, I see what that means. I, I see what an acoustic shadow looks like. But what about if you've got more experienced doctors, they're qualified, they've been in practice, and they want to learn ultrasound. How do they go about learning to do that? What, what's the process?
1: Well, there are many different processes. I will say that there are some of them uh, standardized by societies, by scientific societies. And obviously, we also have master class and master programs at the university. The University of Barcelona is now launching a master program in fundamentals of musculoskeletal ultrasound that... uh, is for musculoskeletal ultrasound in all the spectrum that that means it's a very comprehensive program coming from the spine to the extremities intervention or uh, whatever is dedicated to anyone who wants to do musculoskeletal ultrasound. But uh, we have also these other programs, kind of independent programs that I think they are very good. And something that I always, always think that is a very effective is the old school in the sense of to have a tutor, to have a professor that dedicates time to a personalized teaching just for you. And uh, this is something that we do in my institution that is you want to learn, okay, come here, stay, and we will spend eight hours per day to just see what you are doing and just trying to improve the area that you are interested in. And uh, with ultrasound, I think this is important. We were trying to sort out during this time of pandemia also with uh, online teaching and online teaching is a very good for general aspects, but when you want to improve in one specific area, I will say that it's a little bit more difficult doing online. Well, we, we have these machines now, and I know that uh, I think that uh, even you have machines that you can really see live demo. The problem is that you can have the machine, but you need the student has a similar machine at home so you can interact online. This for me can be one option in the future for for teaching more students in any part of the, of the world that uh, I think it is important for them.
0: I can think of worse places in the world to go and learn how to do something than your very beautiful city. And the food ain't bad there either. So <laughs> let's look at ultrasound and the role it plays and the potential impact it can have on the timing of diagnosis and treatment. And is it more effective at ruling out a diagnosis of rheumatoid than... So you, you mentioned biomarkers. So you obviously you see someone, you take the history, you examine them, uh, you you might consider doing some uh, various blood tests. Where, where, do, where does ultrasound fit in that continuum? So it's a young woman... More likely, I believe, to be women than men, correct? And she turns up and she's got, you know, some sore things, some sore joints. What, what's the process you go through, Ingrid?
1: There is a window of opportunity to treat patients. And it has been shown that with early treatment, the patient obtains better results. This is where ultrasound becomes a tool, I will think, is essential talk in daily work of uh rheumatologist because this is very important for the patient and we know that point so so this is the potential impact of ultrasound on the timing of diagnosis is making it earlier and uh, from the very beginning to know something about the the even the prognosis of this patient so that means benefits for patient this is safety because we use a very safe technique this is time saving we can start the treatment in early way so we can be more effective we can monitoring this treatment We can see if the drug that we apply has enough efficacy or not. And we can do invasive ultrasound-guided procedures that is also very important for our patient. The accuracy is something that with ultrasound is really, really well obtained. So it is really important.
0: And I guess one other benefit, you, you've outlined some uh, great benefits of this approach for patients. I guess another would be uh, anxiety. You know, someone thinks they may have what is a chronic condition that can have profound implications for your life. And this gives you an opportunity to either reassure them or say, yes, you do have this problem, but we've got it under control. and We've caught it early. Is, is, is that correct?
1: Sure, this is very important. This is very, very good point that you make. But because with thought for some, what we learn is that the patient is more implicated in its treatment. So he want to collaborate with it. Uh, he want to see what happened in the machine. Oh, I now now we have less red points, so meaning that I am uh, improving. Oh, this is very good. So. The compliance in the treatment is also improving. The confidence of the patient is improving. We think that all these psychological
0: aspects are also they have also a benefit with ultrasound. So I tell you what, let's let's move on to the other condition that I mentioned in the opening, psoriatic arthritis. Mm-hmm. What's the role of ultrasound in diagnosing that condition?
1: This is important because in rheumatoid arthritis we have biomarkers, in psoriatic arthritis we don't have biomarkers, really specific biomarkers to diagnose the disease. The clinical assessment is limited in its detail to assess the pathology. We can have cyanolitis, but cyanolitis is quite an unspecific condition, so ultrasound is really a very important. I will say that it even more important tool to confirm or to diagnose psoriatic arthritis in that disease is it's becoming quite. Uh, I cannot say essential, but really, really important tool.
0: Well, I will tell you what. So again, I'm a surgeon, and I was I was awful at dermatology when I was at school, and we had another guest on this podcast who described dermatology as the seeing the immune system in action which i loved so in psoriatic arthritis i'm presuming you've got someone who's who's known to have psoriasis you can see the skin lesions tell us a little bit about the uh the diagnostic criteria and what you'll see with ultrasound that makes you go okay here's a patient who's got some disc-like skin lesions And they've got these changes on ultrasound, so this is psoriatic arthritis.
1: Uh huh. Well, with psoriatic arthritis, we have a complex disease, and uh, it has multiple interrelated pathologies. One is synovitis, but other one is enthesitis. Other one is tendinopathy. Then you have dactylitis. And from these pathologies, the clinical assessment is limited in its detail. So, um, and I insist we don't have these specific markers in peripheral blood.
0: But they would have things like raised inflammatory markers, like uh, erythrocyte sedimentation yeah. rate, C reactive protein, yes? They can have that. They can, manner, right.
1: But not always. Not always. Sometimes you have this patient that came with a really, really uh, uh, saying, well, I have so much pain and you see, I have some kind of inflammatory disease. And you see here, there are my blood tests and the, the, well, the, the GP or whatever is is looking for say that I am absolutely normal. And in that way, and, uh, and this will be not some unusual case. There are, I will not say a huge percentage, but I will say there are some average of patients, a percentage of patients who doesn't show any even inflammatory marker in the blood test. But we have image. In that way, we can say, well, at least we can confirm. That you have an inflammatory disease then makes the clinical history the all the context you need to go to the family history you need to really do the very nice clinical exam Uh, uh, this is always a complement but in psoriatic arthritis this is the very very
0: important complement right so you can have a, a discrepancy between the clinical appearance the signs the symptoms, importantly, as you say, patients have pain, and I've come to learn that patients with psoriasis are dealing with self-image issues, uh, they, they may be dealing with, with itchy skin, all sorts of other problems, and then they've got pain on top of it. So do you, can you see a discrepancy between the clinical presentation and what you see ultrasonographically?
1: Yes. Uh, you can see both sides. You can see a clinical discrepancy and uh, in both sides. One can be the patient has a lot of pain and you, you cannot see any cause of pain because it's not uh, well seen by image. But you can see also the side. You can see the patient who has a lot of pain or has a moderate pain, maybe not a lot of pain. A very normal blood test. And having enthesitis or having tenosynovitis or uh, uh, mostly enthesitis that is clinically very difficult to diagnose. And uh, even in MRI, you have not uh, so, good, uh, so good tools. Obviously, x-rays doesn't work for that. So you do that examination from the very beginning. And to me, that constitutes an essential pillar in diagnostic protocol.
0: Right. So presumably, again, for my edification, if you've got X-ray changes, you're very late in the disease, right? You've got joint, joint destruction. Let's say someone has visible psoriasis. You do an ultrasound. You see some, some changes, some uh, synovitis, some tenosynovitis. How does ultrasound change disease management? in in psoriatic arthritis?
1: Well, because we monitor the response, we can change the treatment, we can understand better the potential therapeutic response. We can see if the patient has subclinical synovitis or even subclinical enthesitis. And we can see if the patient is... Not only in clinical remission, but also in uh, imaging remission. So, change a lot uh, for us. Change a lot the management. Although, although I should say, we—if you tell me, oh, uh, do you have evidence enough in the literature to support that? I will say, no, no, we don't have. uh, We have this. Clinical evidence, we have the imaging evidence, and we are building more evidence to to support that in the literature too.
0: You've already hinted at this. One of the wonderful things about medicine is you answer one question and it raises 10 more. So if we reflect back on the topics we've been discussing rheumatoid arthritis and psoriatic arthritis what are the most pressing questions that need to be answered with clinical research?
1: Mm, that is, uh, that is uh, well, we have a lot of questions that we need to answer. Now we are dealing into the study of dactylitis. That is a kind of a mystery for us, but not a mystery, but we have different hypotheses. And I hope we can answer to them in the quite near future because we are dealing not only in uh, imaging, but we are confirming by histology, we are confirming by anatomy too. So we want to know what happened there, because this is a kind of, of a main characteristic in psoriatic arthritis. In uh, rheumatoid arthritis, we need more validation. And uh, what other thing we need? I think we need more ultrasound machines in rheumatology services and more training in the technique that uh, should be the part of the curriculum of any rheumatologist, of course.
0: Well, Ingrid, it's been fabulous to hear your, your insights into this latest development in rheumatology. Thanks for all you do for patience and taking the time to be with us today, Professor Moller. I just hope that I can get myself to Barcelona and you can teach me how to do this. It would be, be great fun. And as I say, the food there is great. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you to you. You are more than welcome. Thank you.
0: Thank you. So that's it for, uh, for today's episode, folks. I hope you found this discussion as interesting and valuable as I did. Please download our weekly episodes and remember there are plenty more episodes in the EMG Health podcast archive. So until next time, stay safe, stay well, stay curious. Bye for now.